Grace and peace to you from God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. It's one of my favorite parts of this day. But I also love reading the gospel stories for Easter Sunday, because as the gospel stories begin, nobody is singing Alleluia. Nobody is joyful or excited. Nobody is happy about the dawn of the new morning other than that it means the Sabbath is over and they can take care of what they feel they must. I think about these women walking to the tomb, not yet realizing that everything had changed. They went to the tomb not looking for a risen Messiah, but going to take care of Jesus' body the way they took care of any loved one who had died, their parents, their siblings, or their friends. For them, that early Easter morning was a morning of grieving, saying goodbye to someone who had been killed by the state that oppressed them all. As I read these stories, I wonder what the women were thinking as they took their walk to the tomb. Were they thinking, what would happen now Would someone carry on this legacy of their friend? Would they have to go into hiding to deny any association with him for their own safety? Were they walking dejected, thinking, what was the point of all of this? Since then, some who have read the teachings of Jesus but are less certain about the story of resurrection may say that his teachings are enough. Jesus taught us to love one another, to care for the least of those around us, to live in good relationship with all of creation. Surely those teachings are a worthwhile legacy, one that we should all live by. And yet, around 2,000 years have passed. We have had great wars that took up our whole world. We have had a holocaust. Even now, we know there are people at war just across an ocean from us. We know that there is a great lack of love for neighbor all around us, in large and in small ways. If people are still today treated with hatred instead of love, if the innocent continue to suffer and die, even when Christianity has spread around the globe, when most children are taught the golden rule to do unto others as they would have done to them, then how successful has Christ's teaching really been? So far, it seems the only person who was wholly able to take it to heart was Jesus himself. If Jesus' ethical teachings were the whole point of his life, it doesn't seem like it changed the world very much. The problem isn't that people haven't heard the teachings of Christ. The Bible is one of the most well-read books in the world now. The problem is that we have bigger and more pressing forces pushing us away from following those teachings. Behind every human decision to seek revenge, to hoard wealth, to look out for themselves, to never give somebody a break, lies fear. Fear that maybe I won't have enough for myself or my family. Fear that if I let others walk all over me, I will be trampled. Fear that if I give an inch, they'll take a mile. 
fear that there is not enough. Not enough food, shelter, money, or love. Behind all of those fears, and often behind the actions of all people who do not follow Jesus' teachings, even ourselves, is ultimately the fear of death. Our mortality looms over us and keeps us from trusting in the words of Christ. Sure, it would be grand if everybody took care of everybody else, but what if that means I don't have enough? What if that means I run out of my own food or money or things I need to live? Sure, in a perfect world we would be selfless, but here and now we tell ourselves we must take care of ourselves because no one else will. Something different happened that morning as the women went to the tomb to say their final goodbyes to their friend, Jesus. With all the wondering that they may have had on their way to the tomb, they had even more to wonder at when they arrived. The stone had been rolled away, a stone that was far too heavy for one person to move. And even more than that, Jesus' body was no longer there in the tomb. But the cloths that had wrapped it were. They don't understand it right away. They don't understand what has happened. In the Gospel of John, Mary even believes that someone has taken her Lord's body and put it away somewhere else. But bit by bit, through messengers and through remembering Jesus' words, they realize that Jesus is no longer dead. He is alive. They realize that there is not only their memory of their teacher and friend to look back on and try to live by, but now the world has changed, and it has changed irrevocably. This is what we believe and what we proclaim as Christians. Christ is alive. Everything is different now. Everything has changed. On that day, some 2,000 years ago, something astonishingly new happened. St. John Chrysostom described it in an, in an Easter sermon by saying that death took a body and received God. It took earth and it encountered heaven. It took that which was seen and fell upon the unseen. When Jesus was crucified, the darkness of death received not only another dead human, but also the fullness of God. The darkness of death was suddenly illuminated by the blinding light of Christ's divinity. The coldness of death was set aflame by the heat of God's love, and the emptiness of death was filled by God, who is the source of all that is. Death simply could not hold the wholeness of God. And because Christ has died, now we are free from the finality of death itself. Now we know that death does not have the last word because God is victorious even over death. Before the resurrection of Christ, the reality of death lay behind every suffering and sadness. When people died, they were gone. 
When people sick were sick, they might soon be gone. There truly seemed to not be enough to go around. But now, after the resurrection, suffering becomes a temporary tragedy. We still mourn those who have died. We mourn them and grieve that they are not here with us now. And we certainly take reasonable precautions to avoid death before our time. Please, everybody, get your vaccines. <laughs> but when we mourn, when the darkness of evil and death are present in this world, when we see news stories of wars, when we see people who are homeless on the streets with not enough to eat or drink, we still have hope. We have hope that this is not the end, that those who have died will rise again, and so will we, that we will see our loved ones, that there is more than enough, more than enough love, more than enough food and shelter, more than enough to go around. Before the resurrection of Christ, the fear of death might have seemed very rational. But now, after the resurrection of Christ, we are freed to give ourselves fearlessly to others. We know that God's love is more powerful than death and that it is present in our day-to-day -day lives. We know that God's love frees us to be different people than we might have otherwise been. In the res resurrection of Jesus from the dead, we are free to share in Jesus' perfect love for and forgiveness of others. We are even called to share Jesus' love with friends, with family, with annoying coworkers, with people with tiresome political perspectives, with the poor and the suffering, and even with enemies who have hate in their hearts. We are called to respond to the fear of death that is still so present in so many actions, with the love of God who has defeated death. Everything changed for the women who walked to Jesus' tomb, full of grief and wondering what would come. And everything changed for us, too. We believe in God who lived, died, and then rose again. We believe in a God who willingly died in order that we might live. We are invited to be changed by God's great love. We are invited to be changed by God who has defeated death so that we can go on sharing God's love in the world wherever we go. Amen.